You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana. Kramer Sanson in the background helping us keep this thing moving tonight. The Kansas City Chiefs get a big win on Sunday night football against the Tennessee Titans. They win in overtime 20 to 17. And Rocky, this was a game filled with a lot of ups and downs. Um, I was kind of, you know, emotionally, I, I feel like I and you and Kramer and, you know, Chiefs fans all over Kansas City We're all over the place tonight because it was a very frustrating game. It was hard to watch at points early on in the contest. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and the Tennessee Titans don't. And Patrick Mahomes just said enough is enough late in the fourth quarter of this game. And he put the team on his back and carried them to an overtime victory. He had 63 rushing yards in this game, which was by far the most rushing yards of any, of any player for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs' three running backs combined for a total of 19 rushing yards, and Mahomes had 63. He carries them to a victory in a game that kind of felt at times like the Indianapolis Colts game where they easily could have lost this thing. But inevitably, Patrick Mahomes said, I'm not losing to the Titans again. And we're leaving Arrowhead Stadium with a win tonight. Oh, my gosh, Steven Serta. I mean, yeah, I I am at one of those moments right now where my nerves are just completely gone after watching this entire game. Um, but, yeah, no, this is one of those things where people often compare Mahomes to, to like, Jordan, right? Like they say, like, oh, he's the Jordan of the NFL. This this was one of those moments where Mahomes literally just just said, like, I, if I have to do it on my own, then I'm doing it on my own. And he and he literally put the team on his back and and physically carried the, the team forward to victory. This was an amazing, amazing outing by Mahomes. It was so up and down. Um, I just feel like there's so many different layers to this game and so many different storylines within this game that it's almost hard to even like encapsulate it and touch on each one of them. I mean, you have, you know, the run defense being so bad, porous early on. And then, but then in the, in the second half, them just figuring out, you know, if you, if you just block Malik Wills from, from scrambling outside of the pocket and then key on Derrick Henry, they can't do anything. Right. And so this, the hats off overtime, that front four in overtime dominated for the Chiefs. Oh my gosh, Carlos Dunlap, Colin Saunders, Chris Jones, everybody. I mean, that obviously Mahomes' play is the reason why we won, but the game was secured by our front four. And it that that is how you shut you 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 shut the door and you end a game. 
So you mentioned how they were playing defense in the first half and how they were kind of addressing Malik Willis being a quarterback over Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Derrick, it was, again, it was a weird game. Derrick Henry had zero rushing yards in the first quarter of this game and then goes off for like 92 and two touchdowns in the second quarter. And they made those adjustments at halftime. And I wonder how much the preparation this week, like when, when you see a team like do what the Tennessee Titans did this week with quarterback Ryan Tannehill, where it seemed like all signs were pointing to him not playing, but the Titans dragged it all the way out until, you know, 45 minutes before kickoff, whether or not they were going to rule him out. And we heard from the chiefs earlier this week, they said we're preparing for this game as if Ryan Tannehill is their starting quarterback. And so I do think it changed kind of as the game went on, how they were approaching it because we saw Malik Willis's mobility and the issues that it was creating and how that freed up Derrick Henry and, Man, I'm glad they made adjustments. I think Spags, low-key, has been really good at that in the halftime locker rooms this season, kind of making adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. And then obviously down the stretch, uh, they just don't have the pass catchers to keep up with the Chiefs in Tennessee when they have to play from behind. And we saw that with on that final drive of the game with the Chiefs defense, just Malik Willis couldn't get rid of the ball. And so he just got sacked on back-to-back plays and the Chiefs were all over him. So... Credit to the defense, but yeah, I mean, this one was all about Patrick Mahomes and he was just not leaving Arrowhead without a win on Sunday night. So as frustrating as it was, there's some holes we can pick in this performance. They got the win and that's all that really matters. I mean, you're walked away with a victory. A W is a W. This is a five and two team. And this was a must win game considering that Buffalo lost today. Like you couldn't lose this game after Buffalo dropped the game to the Jets and, and gave you a gift today like this. You had to walk away with a victory. And Spags, like you mentioned, you hit very a very important point that Spags' second-half adjustments have been great this year. Now, I will say this. How do you go into this game without a plan for Malik Willis? Malik Willis played last week. I don't care if they're saying Ryan Tannehill's playing this week and they're throwing up that smoke screen. You gotta you gotta have a plan in place for Malik Willis. And it looked like like they honestly thought that Ryan Tannehill was gonna play and they had no plan for Malik Willis in the in the first half. Um Derrick Henry went off. He had he had what 90% of his rushing yards on the day were on two carries where nobody touched him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like like that's the carry was his longest of the night, but he had another one that I think was around 30 yards. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's ridiculous that that you that you don't put any bodies on Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I was kind of banging the drum in my game, in my pregame prediction and on Twitter all week that I think Derrick Henry's the most overrated running back in the NFL. I think he's garbage, Rocky. honestly. <laughs> I think doing? he's garbage, and I'll tell I'll say it for a fact. And if you go back and watch this game film, anytime Derrick Henry gets touched below the waist, he goes down. How many times did we see in this game that a defensive back? brought Derrick Henry down by himself. Why? Because you hit him below the legs. If you hit Derrick Henry's legs, he does not break a tackle. His only two big runs on the game, he did not get touched. Every other carry, he got hit below the waist, and he didn't get any yards. Derrick Henry is a good player, but he is not the greatest running back in the history of the world like everybody thinks he is. I I mean, maybe he's not the greatest running back in the history of the world, but you just called him garbage. I think he's garbage. I think he's he's garbage. Garbage. I mean, he he skips leg day. He he, skips leg day every day. 
he had 115 yards and two touchdowns tonight, and that's his fifth straight game having 100 or more rushing yards. So I, I, I don't think Derrick Henry garbage tackling in the NFL doesn't but, make up for a garbage running back. <laughs> well, and the Chiefs in the first half of this game were highlighted on defense by poor tackling, which continues to be an issue for them. But we got to get into Patrick Mahomes and what he did in the way. Uh, and I thought uh, the editor-in-chief there had pride, Pete Sweeney. I thought he put it best on Twitter and saying after the Mahomes fourth quarter uh, run where you know he, he gets them the touchdown and then there's the whole two-point thing where flags are flying and then finally Mahomes says, screw it, I'm going to run in the two-point conversion too. And, and Pete tweeted out that it was like, he was an NBA superstar. Like when we see these superstars in the NBA, just take over games and say, okay, I'm just going to go drop 40 tonight. I'm going to drop 50 points tonight. And we're not losing this game. Patrick Mahomes did that tonight. Like he just took over the contest and said, I'm not leaving here without a win. He talked this week. He, he even said that they played like ass last year when they played the Tennessee Titans and so I, I think this was a personal game for him, and we saw them getting chippy in the contest. I don't think the Chiefs like the Titans. I don't think the Titans like the Chiefs, and you know they do pretty much play them every year now, and, and we saw that tonight. But it says a lot about this team to still fight back and still find a way to come out and, and get a victory when you didn't show up and have your best performance, where you were making mistakes and you were costing yourselves early in the game, like Travis Kelsey creates that interception by not catching a pass that he should normally catch. And he had a couple other bad plays in the game and drop passes. I think they had six total drop passes tonight, which was a ton, but Patrick Mahomes will make up for everything. And as long as you give him an opportunity, they're going to continue to be able to win these football games. And I think it just says a lot about where they are right now, mentally that they were able to actually like fight through all of the issues tonight and still come out with a win because in the first half, this was Indianapolis all over again. And I was like, they're going to lose this football game. And we're going to be like, man, this team that is supposed to be uh, have Super Bowl aspirations is, you know, has dropped two, two games to the AFC South. Like, what, what, what is going on? But Patrick Mahomes just said not tonight. And, and he would not allow it. And the Kansas City Chiefs walk away with the victory. And we had to change up the entire <laughs> the entire game plan basically on the post game show on the fly because Patrick Mahomes was just like nope we're we're winning this football game if it's the last thing that I do just straight Michael Jordan LeBron James Kobe Steph Curry I mean just just any of the greatest basketball players you've ever you can even think of it was it was definitely one of those performances you look you look at Mahomes' stat line I mean he had sixty eight pass attempts in this game. Andy and, and EB were just like, listen, like we're not even going to try to run the, the ball. We're not even going to like elude and have an illusion that we're going to run the ball. We're going to get a moving pocket. We're going to we're going to drop back with Pat and, and listen. We're going to live or die by Mahomes in this game, and, and we're going to let him go out there and and literally just will us to victory because it's a grind. And there were a few moments early in the first half where when they were things were getting chippy. And they were kind of going toe to toe and blow for blow, where you thought there for a second when things weren't quite going our way, like do the do the Chiefs are they gutty enough to win to, to go all fifteen rounds? Can they come out on top of a, of a physical game like this, especially when Mahomes is under duress and Mahomes is getting hit and 
but they're having three and outs and they're not moving the ball and they're going backwards. And you got There's a few moments where like, you know, doubt starts to creep in your mind a little bit where you're like, you're like, is this chiefs team tough enough to win a game like this or, or do the Titans have the mentality? And that's kind of the kryptonite for this chiefs team. And then you saw as the second half wore on that, that, you know, the defense and Mahomes and, and Juju Smith Schuster, for God's sakes, they really, really just started like saying, like, like they just they got tired of getting hit in the face. It felt like, and they were like, you know what, like, f- like forget this man. And they just started swinging back, and it was awesome to watch. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I think I have an ulcer now, but it was great. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes completed passes to eleven different players tonight. <laughs> that's that's insane. That's insane. Other, you don't do that in the NFL. Like it's. The Tennessee Titans didn't have a, a pass completion to a wide receiver, I, I don't think, throughout the entire contest. Yeah, they didn't. They they actually did not complete a pass to a single wide receiver. Their only receptions were to tight ends. Like that's insane. And then Patrick Mahomes is over here completing passes to eleven different players. It's it's just one of those performances in the pantheon of incredible Patrick Mahomes performances where we're gonna be like, man, like. They did everything that they that they could to lose that game. And at the end of the day, they have Patrick Mahomes and, and you don't. And Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world. And he's going to win you football games even when you don't show up with your best. And they certainly didn't do that. And, you know, it's coming off of a bye. And I understand the Ryan Tannehill situation. I still don't think that's an excuse to have this almost be a huge letdown game. And I, I want to get into kind of why I feel like they were struggling a little bit in the first half of this game. And even really, I mean, it was what late, late into the fourth quarter before it, you felt like there was like hope offensively for the Kansas city chiefs. And I do think a lot of it has to do with the way the Tennessee Titans played them defensively. And we talked about it on show and BK earlier this week on the Arrowhead pride podcast network that that Tennessee game last year was kind of the first game you could point to where, this is how defenses are playing the chiefs now and they're not giving up the big plays and they're going to win up front with their, with their studs along the defensive line and challenge the offensive line and put pressure on Mahomes and not give up the long ball. And so we saw them spend the rest of the season trying to adjust to that. And now what defenses are doing this season, I think we saw, we, we really saw it against the Las Vegas Raiders. We really saw it against the Buffalo bills. And now we saw it again uh, tonight against the Tennessee Titans in that, if you have a strong defensive line, we will not blitz you. We will rush for, and we will put pressure on you, and we will bank on those guys winning against your offensive line, which their defensive line was doing a ton of tonight. Patrick Mahomes got sacked several times. He was under duress. He was having to run for his life a lot, which is why he wound up with so many rushing yards and so many great plays with his legs. But this is going to continue to be an issue in how defenses are trying to play them moving forward when they've got a good defensive line and you're going to keep going up against strong pass rushes as we move forward throughout the season, they're going to just keep rushing for it and try to win and, and and see what, what, what chiefs offensive line shows up because we've seen them be great and we've seen them look terrible and it keeps going back and forth throughout the season. And I feel like that's just going to be the case now. Like we've got a big enough sample size to assume that this is who the offensive line is at this point. So some some games are going to show up and look great. Other t- other times they're going to get totally dominated up front. The big issue in the passing game is winning those ma- those one on one matchups 
which they were having issues doing in the first half. And we saw them start to win some of those matchups down the stretch as, you know, secondaries get tired, defenses wear down. Patrick Mahomes makes incredible throws like that pass to Travis Kelsey that was an insane throw by uh, Patrick Mahomes, also an incredible catch by Travis Kelsey. But they didn't start making those plays until the defense was starting to get worn down because they do have an issue right now with their wide receivers separating and getting open in one-on-one man coverage. Now, hopefully Kadarius Tony will help with that. We'll see. We got a small sample size of him, but you know, I'm not willing to bank on that this season, but this is the blueprint to give the chiefs problems that they can expect to see moving forward. And it's just a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to overcome that here in the near future. Yeah, and I think that definitely the separation is an issue. But part of the other problem is how you, how can you blame the wide receivers for not getting separation when in half of the half of the downs, you know, Mahomes has less than two seconds. They have less than two seconds to get separation. Their routes aren't even developing half the time because Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley are getting beat so bad on the outside. I mean, there was some. This was really when I said earlier. This is one of those layered games, like especially from the tackle position for for the Chiefs. Like there were some reps by Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley today that were the most ugly they're the ugliest reps that you've ever seen an offensive lineman have like you will not find an offensive lineman with a worse rep than some of the reps that they had today where Mahomes just got blown up because they couldn't do their job and then you'd see like a whole four like four or five play series in a row where Mahomes had all day and they were just holding up great like it was really a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of situation where there's no doesn't seem to be any middle ground with them it's either they are like locked down doing awesome or Mahomes is getting blown up in like half a second and they're like at least chip the guy and give him like give Mahomes a little bit of time you know to, to do his thing and so they they don't have to be this like superstar greatest tackle duo of all time but they gotta at least bring their floor up their floor is way too low right now for this team to be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, like this looked a lot like like there was parts of this game where I was like, are we playing the Bucks in the Super Bowl right now? Because that's kind of what parts of this game looks like. Um, now, luckily, Mahomes' will to win was enough in this game, and the Titans literally had zero offense, I mean, in, in the game whatsoever. Um, but hats off to Mahomes. You know, this, this was, this was like, you talk about like, you know, like legacy building games. I feel like for Mahomes and against the Titans, Titans fans, by the way, have to hate Patrick Mahomes running the ball. Like every time Patrick Mahomes runs the ball against the Titans, he just ruins Titans fans day. Like, like every single one of them have to like, just every time they see Patrick Mahomes start to run the ball, they just have to like throw their hands in the air and just like, hate their lives and that makes me very happy if i'm going to be honest as a chiefs fan um i i feel very good about that so and so yeah it, it does make you wonder about the offensive line and for some reason chris collinsworth really loves andrew wiley um <laughs> multiple times on the broadcast unsung hero of the kansas city chiefs offensive line andrew wiley and i i don't really know where chris was going with that um I'm assuming Chris hasn't watched a ton of snaps of Andrew Wiley this season, but 
he's an issue at that right tackle spot. Now we'll see if Lucas Niang comes back and is healthy and the Chiefs want to give him a look there. But we know you're stuck with Orlando Brown on the left side and he's looked solid at times this year and he's really struggled at times this year. And you think about their last performance against the San Francisco 49ers where the Chiefs offensive line stepped up and they showed up to play that day. But now I'm kind of starting to question like, well, you know, Nick Bosa was banged up in that game. They had other key members of that defensive line weren't available that day. And it's like, okay, was that performance because they were injured in San Francisco? And now you face this good Tennessee Titans defensive line and they gave you issues all night long. It's going to continue to be an issue this season, but Patrick Mahomes is playing at MVP level right now and he's overcoming that. And so you just hope it's something you can figure out like, Let's just find an in-between. We we can't keep having these top-tier performances and then just having performances where we can't provide any type of protection for him at all. So they got to figure out how, how to get, get a little bit in-between and get a little bit more inconsistency. But I want to talk about the defense, too. And, you know, aside from that second quarter where Derrick Henry just gashed them and it, it seemed like, oh, no, we're, we're in for another one of these Derrick Henry nights where it's going to be a, a long night of him just shedding chief sacklers and breaking off long runs. Well, they adjusted to that. And we already talked about Spags making those second half adjustments to having that quarterback with the much larger threat of running and Tannehill's got some mobility too, but not the same level of mobility that a quarterback like Malik Willis has. And they made those adjustments in the second half and overtime. The chiefs defense only allowed 22 total yards of offense which is impressive uh, against anybody. But again, the Titans offensively don't really bring a lot to the table. And so I was sitting here telling myself, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get on the postgame show tonight and talk about the Chiefs secondary and how good the, this young group of corners look tonight. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but you look at the Titans wide receiver core and <laughs> it, it says a lot. And the fact that they don't trust Malik Willis to throw the ball and so once they made the adjustments and they kind of tightened things up around the line of scrimmage to make things harder for Malik Willis to move around, then you saw that it was harder for Derrick Henry to find big running lanes. And so I think credit to the defense for the performance, but you still have to acknowledge the competition and the offense that they were going against tonight and a rookie third round quarterback. Oh, you hundred percent have to recognize the, uh, the level of, of competition they were going against. I mean, Malik Willis wasn't going to be a threat throwing the ball. Um, their wide receivers were not going to be like, you could play man coverage on the outside all day against their wide receivers. And, you know, Bobby trees at this point in his career just isn't going to get the separation and be able to beat man coverage, especially if he's the number one wide receiver in your offense. And he's kind of like the only, you know, credible receiver that they currently have. And then, um, yeah, Malik Willis just doesn't process the game fast enough that he's going to be able to, you know, to, to, to pass the ball down the field and score consistently. Um, that being said, um, I mean, when they were able to pin their ears back and, and like like late in the game, like you saw in overtime, when they were able to pin their ears back and just go after Malik Willis and not have to worry about Derrick Henry, then, I mean, our – our, our defensive line was amazing. I mean, Carlos Dunlap hats off one and a half sacks in overtime. I feel like he actually probably had like two half sacks and one full sack. Um, and so, yeah, right here, you see it right here. And 
he's only a half a sack away from his 100 sack goal now. Like, like he is at 99.5 sacks for his career now. And where he had talked about previously how where with his late father, his goal was to get 100 sacks. He is he is half a sack away. And I feel like he got that half a sack in this game. I, and I, I would I would I would ask the booth to review that and uh, try to get an update on the stats. I don't know if they will, but I mean between between Carlos Dunlap and Colin Saunders and, and George Karloftis, oh my gosh, Furious George showed up out of nowhere almost in overtime and had two or three really big plays, you know, to, to keep pressure on Malik Willis. And so um you know, and I mean, our secondary, you, 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 you do want to talk about how our secondary uh, showed up today. Well, I mean, I don't think there's been another team that shut down a passing team like, like we did tonight. I mean, our secondary did their job. Like there was, they, they didn't complete any passes. And when Malik Willis would try to lob the ball up deep, you know, they did make good plays on the ball. They got their head around and they did not get pass interference calls called against them. Yeah, and I do want to remind you guys, uh, as you can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen, use hashtag AP Rapid Reaction in the comment section. We'll try to get to some of your game observations at the end of the show. But I do think that what we're what we're discussing with the defense right now, and you know, Frank Clark was suspended tonight. He's going to be suspended next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and. You know, acknowledging that Tennessee doesn't exactly have a laundry list of playmakers at at the pass catcher position, they did play well. And for as young as they are, and you expect to see some mistakes and stuff, and I know they've gotten a ton of reps to Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. And Joshua Williams had a great tackle on Derrick Henry tonight, by the way. And then McDuffie had a couple of nice plays in coverage. And so for the most part, you just have to feel really good about this defensive performance, even if you acknowledge that Tennessee isn't exactly loaded offensively, but they did their jobs. And we saw on the final possession of overtime where Malik Willis, he holds onto the ball a little bit too long. Some of that's being a young rookie quarterback, but it's also because he had nobody open and, you know, he has to know, I just have to get rid of it. I just have to do something. I just have to heave it up and give somebody a chance. And he didn't do that because the chief secondary was all over the place. And they think it to Henry Willis got nothing in a whole mess of trouble. And they really created those last two sacks uh, in overtime was a lot of that was just coverage sacks because Malik Willis had nowhere to go with the ball. So coming out of this, you got to be impressed with the defensive performance in the second half. Um, I don't know how you could be more impressed with Patrick Mahomes and him just being the best player in the world right now and him willing them to a victory. But overall, like what turned out to what started as one of those games where you're like, man, it's going to be this kind of frustrating night. It's going to be another kind of Indianapolis Colts game. Um, And then to walk away with a win, you're just thrilled about that. And I'm just happy that we're sitting here talking about a Chiefs win tonight instead of just having to discuss why we're so frustrated uh, about all all of the places that they came up short tonight. Oh, 100%. And I I will just note really quick that Joshua Williams' tackle when he he brought down Henry in the backfield, it was an amazing tackle. But I will say, where did he tackle him at, Steven Serta? 
Did he tackle him legs. above the waist or, or in his legs? Yeah, he hit him yeah. in his legs. Why? Because if a rookie cornerback hits Derrick Henry in his legs, he falls over and doesn't do anything because Derrick Henry skips leg day. Yes, thank you very <laughs> much for putting that up there, Kramer. That is, I will beat that drum until until the day I die. Derrick Henry skips leg day. He has chicken legs. He's not everything that everybody breaks um, makes him out to be. But that being said, that was an amazing play um by joshua williams um you saw that a couple other ones like that that too like there was that that play by nick bolton not on dick derrick henry where on the screen pass where he just shed the blocker and and he blew it up for a four-yard loss at a crucial crucial time in the game on third down you know to cause him to punt the ball so he get the ball back to try to move down the field and score um and so i think that the defense played very good opportunity like they were very opportunistic in their in the way they played football today and in and in the opportunities that they that they came up with. Um and so I this is really to me this game is a it's 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 really a, a tale of two things. It's really great opportunistic football played by the defense and them stepping up when their number was called and when they were needed and then Patrick Mahomes going God mode and just putting everything on his back and saying Come hell or high water, we're not going to lose this game. And and then as the side note, kind of kind of next to all this is, we we look at this game and we see all these opportunities where Kelsey kind of you know he dropped the pass and caused an interception and a turnover. There's a couple other drops by him, but then you look at it and he had 103 yards receiving on the day. Like like statistically, he had a good day. But if I think if you ask Travis Kelsey, he'd probably say this is one of the worst games he's had all year. You know, and so um, and hats off because that's kind of, you know, it it speaks to the type of player that he is, that that he's not going to let himself off the hook like that. Um, But it also speaks to our level of expectation of a player like Travis Kelsey and how lucky we are to have a Hall of Fame tight end like Travis Kelsey, where when he has a couple of bad plays and a couple of drops we're like, oh, this is one of the worst games we've ever seen Travis Kelsey play. And he got for a hundred yards and on 10, on 10 targets. Right. And so, I mean, he had a pretty good game by any other measuring stick, you know? So, I mean, I think that as chiefs fans, sometimes our expectations are rightfully so high that when we do get a game like this, a, it's fun to watch and it's fun to, to get away with a victory, but then B it's hard to win in the NFL. And this is a five and two team coming in tonight that we played against. I think kind of the last thing for me before we get to uh, some of our listener reactions is we're really seeing how important Juju Smith-Schuster is to this offense now. And, you know, it's been building and he is, he is, this is his, you know, third consecutive game in a row now where he has really put together another strong performance, but while you can't replace the Hall of Fame caliber play of a wide receiver in Tyreek Hill, what you got in Juju Smith-Schuster is just the reliability of that possession wide receiver, of that chain mover, of he is a strong, big-bodied wide receiver who is going to be where you need him to be. If you put the ball in the right spot, he's going to make the catch because he's got really strong hands and he doesn't drop a lot of passes. And we've continued to see that. And, you know, we were kind of wondering, is it going to be Juju? Is it going to be MVS? Is McColl going to step up? And it's clearly Juju. I never had uh, 
particularly high expectations for MBS. I I'm talking myself into McColl on a weekly basis now, but not as a wide receiver. I just think that McColl has found his role as an offensive weapon and they're deploying it that way and giving him the opportunities to, to say like, he's our most explosive player, but he's not our most reliable wide receiver. So we just got to get him in situations to make explosive plays. And I think they're doing a better job of doing that now. Now we'll see how Kadarius Tony really winds up fitting into this in the long run. We'll see if Sky Moore continues to develop and, and gets more runtime throughout the entire season. And we know who Justin Watson is. He's just he's just a guy, but he can make those big plays here and there for, for you offensively. But as a whole, this offense is basically committee all over the place, running back by committee, wide receiver by committee, and then it's Mahomes, Kelsey, and Juju now. Well, and don't forget and Noah Gray, apparently, <laughs> today. Because, I mean, this was kind of the Noah Gray coming out party in the second half as well. I don't I, I don't have in front of me how many catches he had, but he had, what, two or three catches that were, including that amazing acrobatic catch where he, right here that we're seeing on the screen where he, he bobbles it and then keeps his eyes on it and comes down with it um, in overtime. This, I mean, so... To your point, yes, Juju is wide receiver number one. Chiefs need to do what they whatever they can to try to extend him and keep him around, in my opinion. Um, I think he is the most reliable of all your wide receivers. He's the guy who's going to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there, and he's going to make that tough catch. And then otherwise beyond that, it's almost like you know the rest of the offense goes through the tight ends and then sometimes to a wide receiver. Which, which isn't bad when you have the level of pass-catching tight ends that the Chiefs currently have. Um, and with you, I agree 100% about McCall Hardman. Um, he is he is an offensive weapon, and that's we'll leave it at that. And if you use him as an offensive weapon, he is getting better and better at growing within that specific role. I feel like, you know, he is like where before some guys are just kind of limited in, in that role. And they're like, okay, I'm this one trick pony. This is what I can do. He's actually growing and kind of expanding on that weapon type of role a little bit and, and getting better at it. I feel like with each week, which is, which is only a good thing and only good news for the chiefs moving forward. All right, Kramer, let's get to some listener comments. Get your guys' reaction uh, from the Chiefs' 20-17 to overtime victory over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, how concerned are you about Harrison Bucker's performance as of late? At least he hit the last one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he hit, the, he hit the most important one of the game. I, I don't think Harrison Bucker's healthy. Um, I, I think that's what it comes down to. It's... When you're a kicker and you suffer an early season ankle injury that actually requires you to miss multiple games, I would wonder how long it's actually going to take for you to recover from that because an ankle injury for a kicker, it's like, okay, well, how are you supposed to practice? How are you supposed to kick field goals and practice if your ankle is hurt to the point where you have to miss time as a kicker? And so I, I think that's what it comes down to. And Butker's never been, he is a really good kicker, but he's had some issues in the past with missing PATs here and there. So I don't think that's even out of the norm. I just wonder how healthy he actually is. And I just think 
the Chiefs were kind of tired of having this like kicker roulette and hoping for the best every time they had to kick a field goal without him. And so they just got him back on the field. But I mean, we're late in the season now through the bye week. And so if he's not healthy yet, he's probably just not going to be healthy this season. So it is a little concerning for me. Yeah, I think it's definitely concerning, um, especially when you consider with a kicker, so much of a, the mechanics is about routine, right? And you you do two steps to the left, one step to the right, and then you you turn and you and you follow through with your foot the exact same way. It's almost like a golf swing, right? Any little hitch that you get in that golf swing, and it's going to make the ball go right or left and not where you want it to be. And so I think that if when you're kicking with pain, that's going to cause those little hitches in the mechanics, and it's gonna it's gonna cause it to not go quite where you want it to be. And I think that's something that, you, like you said, he's going to be struggling with for the whole season. But then that being said, it's he's always kind of been the guy that's going to miss the thirty yarder and hit the seventy yarder, right? That's kind of his mo. Like like he's gonna he's gonna hit it when it matters, and then when you're when it's a point after attempt. Or if you're up by 21 points, he's going to miss a 33-yard field goal. Like, that's kind of just who he is. And I think you kind of live with that with him as your kicker a little bit to an extent. Yeah. So to answer it, I'm a little concerned about it. Yeah, <laughs> it a little might bit. be an issue moving forward, but at least he hit the one that really mattered tonight. Am, uh, am, I, am I not not concerned? Yeah. No. I <laughs> uh, I think we might have only won because of Bud Dupree getting hurt. Uh I, I mean, all right. That I mean, you can't do anything about that. Injuries are a part of football. You just got to fight through them. It probably helped a little bit, but I'm not going to complain about it. I hope Bud Dupree is all right. Like, I hope he's not. Uh, he's a guy who's dealt with some season-altering injuries in the past, so I hope he's okay for the Tennessee Titans. But if him getting hurt helped the Chiefs get over the hump in the game, that's just football. Yeah, it is just football, and you you can only play with the guys you got on the field. I mean, by the same token, you could say something like, I think the Chiefs only won because Ryan Tannehill got hurt. That's That might be true, you know, considering how bad Malik Willis was in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, you, no apologies for, for, for being a team because their guys weren't out there. That's just the NFL. Yeah. Where is CEH? Cut him. I vote yes. Um I don't know why you would cut him. I, I mean, you just don't have to. You, you, they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. Um, I mean, he's going to be on the team next season, but I don't think Clyde Edwards-Lair at this moment is in the Chiefs' long-term plans, but I, I think it's been pretty evident that for a while that he's not in their long-term plans. Um, I, I do wonder if they shouldn't go back to trying to get him a little bit more involved. And – you also have to acknowledge tonight with the running backs and, you know, them only accumulating for 19 rushing yards and Mahomes put up 500 himself. Um, you also have to acknowledge that the Tennessee Titans run defense is elite. It, it is one of the three best run defenses in the NFL. So that's already something that they do better than most teams in football right now. And the Chiefs knew that. So that was obviously their game plan tonight, which is like, we're just not gonna run like we we don't think we're gonna have success doing it and so that's just not gonna be a part of our game plan and then when you get down early uh, you're just gonna keep throwing the football because you had patrick mahomes but ceh isn't in the long-term plans but isaiah pacheco also hasn't really shown you anything to make you think like he's hand he's hands down should be the starting running back he's the guy that should be in there over clyde i mean 
Clyde's been effective this year when he's been involved in the offense and he's made some plays for the Chiefs. And so I wonder if maybe they shouldn't go back to Clyde a, a little bit more. They're already in a full-blown three running back by committee approach. I just haven't seen anything from Isaiah Pacheco yet that tells me he should for sure be getting more reps than Clyde or Jarek McKinnon. Like they're all just kind of dudes right now, but Clyde has at least made more plays than the other guys this season. Yeah. I mean, Clyde has made Clyde had some, had a really nice reception um, on third down to move the chains um, today. I think that especially with a game like today where, you know, Mahomes, he, he, he passes, he, he attempts 68 passes. And then what he probably, we got sacked five other times. That's he dropped back to pass 73 times in this game. Approximately. There's not hardly any rushes to go around after that. I mean, look, look at the, at the, at the rush attempts. Isaiah Pacheco had five attempts. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had four attempts. Jared McKinnon had three attempts, right? Like even if, even if, their run defense wasn't elite. That's a not, not enough touches in a game for a running back to get into a rhythm and really kind of have like any sort of idea of how that running back is performing, you know, on the week or on the game or anything like that. And so while I think that the Chiefs have a running back by committee because not a single one of the running backs has excelled consistently to like take the job, um, I don't think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is any worse than what they currently have. Are the Chiefs maybe still looking for a solution at running back? Sure, I would listen to that argument. But if you're going to talk about all three of those guys, if we're being honest with ourselves, sure, Jerry McKinnon's probably better in pass protection, and maybe he's better at receiving out of the backfield. But as a pure runner right now, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is better than Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're talking about handing the ball to somebody and needing yards, it's probably Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is your best runner runner that you have on the team right now. It's Pacheco. He definitely has pop, and you know he's a hard runner, and you can see that explosiveness uh, occasionally here and there. We just haven't seen it very much yet this season because he looks like a seventh-round rookie running back that at, at times just – doesn't seem like he's seeing the field very well. Doesn't seem like he's seeing the holes and hitting his gaps and stuff like that. And so I, I wonder if maybe they shouldn't just go back to Clyde because it seemed like it was working fine earlier in the season. I understand they want to see what they have in Pacheco, but I just don't feel like Pacheco's done anything to make me believe he's the answer there either. And this, this committee is here to stay. This is how they're going to play the rest of the season. So well, we'll see how it goes moving forward. But uh, again, Chiefs win in overtime, twenty to seventeen. Uh, they improve to six and two on the season. They take on the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. So, got the W, got the win. Chiefs are at the top of the AFC right now, tied with the Buffalo Bills after they lost today and got upset by the New York Jets. So, this was a huge win for the Chiefs. Like this was a big deal, uh, being able to come back and, and seal this thing and pull this thing off. So huge win for Kansas City. If you're listening to us on the podcast, I want to remind you that we will have all of the post-game press conferences available for you immediately following the show. So make sure you stick around for that. Hear what uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, all the players had to say 
after the game. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magana. You can follow Kramer on Twitter at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. We've got plenty of stuff for you up at arrowheadpride.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We've got plenty of stuff coming up for you this week ahead of the Jacksonville Jaguars game. But after the Chiefs win 20-17, all that's left to say is that we will talk to you soon. Once again, thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs improved to 6-2 and on the season with the 20-17 overtime win over the Tennessee Titans. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, and linebacker Nick Bolton. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. They did uh, tonight. I mean, they were right with us the whole way. Appreciated uh, the way the defense played. Uh, we were we were bringing it, bringing it, bringing it, and uh, they tuned it up the whole second half. And I thought really did a nice job. And then offensively, the guys battled, and uh, you know we're fortunate to have Pat and and Kels and uh, that continuity between those two is something. I mean, it amazes me every time I have a chance to watch that. So um, and then listen, I, I can go back through, but the main thing was we won a game where we were behind a bit it was a struggle we were up and down and the guys all hung together and you got to win this i mean you got to be able to do this and so um we accomplished that with that time sure Andy, Patrick's run on third and 17 and we've seen that sort of thing happen before but how much did you feel like that sort of that was a that was a good one um and they turned their back on him. They were playing man coverage. And, and so they turned their back, and he made some things happen. That and the two-point play, I'd tell you, uh, were nice jobs. A um, couple of catches that Kels had. Uh, Noah had a couple of nice ones. When the game's sort of like that game, a moment or two like that, it just Yeah, because everything wasn't smooth, right? It was up and down. And so uh, you've got to kind of persevere through that, the lows, and then uh, somebody's got to step up and make a play. I mean, that's that's what has to happen. And, and you also have to tell yourself, great defensive front. Uh, yeah, Sam, I thought in the past game we were pretty good. I mean, I thought I mean, we had 91 plays. And I think he threw at least half of that, right? So um, I thought for the most part they did a good job. I, that, that, de- that defensive front is something. That's a special group. Um, and Vrabel knows how to use them. I mean, you know, that's a that's a dream for a defensive coordinator when you when you got a bunch like that. And really, they're too deep there, so you know they can they can roll eight of them out there and keep them fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a it was the right thing to do. I'm glad we made them. You know, those are always. A little bit risky, but I thought it was important um, for a few reasons. But I mean, I thought we could get it. And then two, um, you know, I remember the last time we played, you know, or the yeah, last time we played. So. You saw a different dimension of the path today. You brought in all seven passes. Uh, yeah. Any doubt in your mind how he would respond in that kind of situation where you relied on him as heavily? Yeah. Yeah, we weren't we weren't getting too far with the run game. And 
So we thought we needed to throw it a little bit. And um, I, I've seen him do that in college a few times. And did pretty good, but not, not here. In that second half, one first down, got put in a tough spot after the interception. What sort of adjustments did they make there at halftime? Kind of really, with the exception of the two long runs, I, I thought they played well the whole time. I, I just, uh, yeah, he got us a couple of them. The guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he's going he's gonna to bust a couple and uh, on you. So uh, you just you want to make sure, number one, you chase him down, which we hadn't been able to do before. We, we, when he busted it, he took it all the way, and we were able to catch him. And uh, But really, with the exception of those two long ones, I mean, they didn't get a whole lot. Now, they've got a young quarterback that I think is going to be a real good one down the road. So, um, you know, but uh, he did some nice things, too. He can run likewise. What does it say about Patrick, just considering, you know, as you guys are sort of trudging a little bit, that he's able to turn it on at the end and kind of take the game? You have to be able. You've got to be able to win a game like that. There, there's a where everything it just isn't perfect, and and your emotions are up and down, and uh, you got to fight through that, persevere through that, and be able to rally. Somebody's got to step up and rally. We were so close on so many plays, and and uh, rather than get frustrated, step up and let's go. Credit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. He um, he and I have been on a couple of committees together, and so I've got to know him, and I appreciate him, and uh, played against him, you know, with some of the teams I was coaching, and um, and he's got tough guys. He, he and he's some of his toughness has obviously uh, been been put into his scheme, been put in uh, incorporated with uh, you know into his players. So, I mean, it's, um, I, I just, I, I think he does a heck of a job. Good football coach. And you did the overtime completion from Patrick to Kelsey there, where it's a little off the side, sticking through your band on that play, what was called? Herbie was going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Herbie shaking his head. Um, well, the, well, I'm not even sure. I Sam, I wasn't listening to the whole thing, but I presume it's the one that he came back on to grab. Yeah, so um, that was a great play. So I mean, there's not. I mean, you don't have that part drawn up, but he. Uh, I thought he did a nice job with it. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you're gonna have one night like that. Again, he battled through it and ended up winning the game. Really, so I mean, yeah. But he, Obviously, when you've had a couple go awry, I mean, coming through at the end is something else. Yeah. Versus yeah. Versus yeah. Yeah. And I felt like at the beginning, we were kind of, everybody was off just a little bit. And coming off a bye against a team that's won five straight games in a row, and I don't really care who's playing quarter. They just beat a team with the same quarterback. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, you got to be sharp. I mean, they're coming in with a whole lot of emotion and, and uh, confidence. And so, we're, you know, you get back in and, you got to battle through some things like that. That was a trick one, the one to Watson. That was a little, that's a, you saw how he ran back. Yeah, that was more of a trick play. But uh, McColl did it. Um, 
listen, this guy's going to be okay. He's just, he's never done it before. And here we're going to throw you in the National Football League. There are going to be some hiccups there, but he'll be all right. He's still practicing, and he took, I think, the first one up there, so, or at least was back there for him. Yeah, I mean they had good good plans. They uh, they did a good job on the touchdown run. I probably could have just thrown it to Juju, but I like fully committed to run at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean we were just battling at the end of the game. Um, we, we were just trying to find a way to win, and our defense kept us in the game long enough to do that. I definitely saw Lane to get get it close enough that I thought we'd be able to go for it. I mean, when you're kind of in that situation, you know that if you can get it to a fourth and five, fourth and four, Coach Reed's probably going to give you a chance there. Um, and then as I was running, I felt the – I think it was a safety kind of over-pursuing, so I just kind of shot, shot my shot and uh, kind of went there. And uh, I actually tried to get outside again, which didn't work out for me. I'm not fast enough. But uh, it was um, it was a, it was a good play, and uh, we just kind of – like I said, we just battled at the end of the day. It wasn't like we were – we were designing it up. We were just going out there and trying to make some stuff happen. Yeah, maybe maybe to get the first down. I mean, I don't run a lot, so some most times I run a slide. And then when you kind of get in those end of the game situations, you have to try to just go out there and make it happen. Um, and uh, I was able to make it happen in that moment. Um, but uh, like I said, everybody battled, and uh, we were able to get the win. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really my fault. I threw it so late anyways because if you're talking about the deep crosser one, uh, I was he's the first read. Um, but how they were playing, I thought they were going to kind of double him. So I looked the sky, and, and they, they went with sky. And so I threw it late, and uh, that's what makes Travis so great is I threw it late. He probably had a chance to get picked, but he came back to the ball and made a big-time catch. Um, and uh, for him to still be out there, it's like every single play and battling, um, uh, it was a, a big-time game for him, and he made a lot of big plays there at the end. I did not know I, I threw that many, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, Texas Tech, I threw a couple. So uh, I, I knew uh, I'm able to do it. Obviously, we want to try to get the run game going as the season goes on and kind of stay more balanced, but that's a good defensive line, and they're, they're doing a good job of stopping that. And uh, Coach Reed kind of put it in my hands to go out there and try to make some stuff happen, and it looked, it looked bad there for about two and a half quarters, three quarters, but we were able to make it happen there at the end. Um, it's funny when I mean I think, I think I said it in the training camp. I, I feel like I don't target Noah enough because a lot of times plays are called either to him or he's one of the options I can give him a chance on, and it seems like I don't throw it to him and he's always open. Um, and so uh, as the season's going on, going on, uh, and our careers go on, I want to give him more and more chances. I think he can be a big part of this offense. Uh, that whole tight end room's been great for us this season. Um, but for him to make that catch in that moment, I mean, that was a that was a tough catch that that he made. Uh, that was that was a big one for us. That was probably the reason that we were able to get down there and win. Patrick, you uh, uh, in the first game out with, with Tony, what was your thoughts on him, especially him coming in last week? First week of practice, Yeah, I mean, I think I think he did a good job. I mean, obviously we couldn't throw too much at him, um, but whenever whenever he was in the game, he was playing hard. He was getting open. Um, we gave him a couple option routes. You saw he got open there. And as he gets more and more accustomed with the offense, we'll keep adding them here and there and, and make our offense even better. And uh, that's the good thing about having so many receivers like we do is uh, you don't know where it's going to come from. And I've said that since the beginning. Um, and 
when I mean, Travis is having good games and other guys are stepping up and making plays, it's a real hard offense to stop. How physical was this game just overall? I mean, you knew it was going to be a physical game coming in, but now it's done and you went to overtime. You're really physical. Yeah, it was a battle. Um, I, already, I already texted Bobby, uh, screwed my trainer, said I'm not coming in tomorrow. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a battle. Um, you know, going into this game against this team, it's always going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. Um, and I'm proud of the way our guys responded um, and uh, made it happen there in that second half because uh, for a time, like I said, for a time there, it looked bad. And so uh, you got to win games different ways in this league. Um, and I'm glad our defense stepped up and made the plays that they play because we're going to need them uh, as the season goes on and, and to keep us in games and give us chances. Speaking of winning games different ways, I'm sure it's more fun just playing a game like the San Francisco where things fire off mm-hmm. the shoulders. But is it more rewarding in some ways to win a, a tough game like this where you have to battle so hard? Yeah, I mean, the battle, um, these are the, t- the playoff games. These are games you're going to need if you want to try to win the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, obviously, we want to be that, that high flyer and scoring every time we're out there on the field. Um, but I think with the schedule that we've played, we've won all different type of ways against a lot of great football teams. So uh, we show that we can do it in different ways. Um, but uh, we got to keep it going. we got to keep building, keep getting better offense, defense, special teams, uh, and try to prepare ourselves to go out there and win the AFC West. Patrick, you got a little feistiness in this game as well. It was a little chitter-chatter before the game and a little bit on the field during the first half. What are your thoughts about where this rivalry is and the games you guys have had with them and anything was said there on the field today? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see this team a lot. I mean, they're well-coached. Rabel's a, a heck of a coach. Um, they have a lot of great players, um, and they, they bring a uh, physicality to the game, and uh, we're not going to back down from anybody. And so I'm glad of the way our guys responded. Um, and we went out there and battled to the very end and got the win. Chris, the second half, you guys really turned it over a new leaf and only give it one first down. What was the adjustment there at halftime that allowed you guys to do that? I think first half, initially, we gave up, I think, three big runs. First one, first drive, the 54-yarder, and a few leaky yardage. Missed tackles on the screen, and it kind of was a buildup. When the second half, talked about correcting ourselves. Um, we had them stop in the end zone. I was off sides, unfortunately. I, I challenged that call, but, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, we had to make an adjustment, stop shooting ourselves in the foot, and um, just play fundamental football. Chris, in overtime, you and, and Carlos split the, that third down sack. What's going through your mind like, once you guys are able to get home? I was thinking it was a full set for me. I'm not greedy or anything. I'm just saying I was thinking it was a full set, but, no. Carlos is, um, I think it's 99 and a half, right? Yeah, that's special. I don't. <laughs> they just don't give sacks out around here, you know. You know what I mean? Um, but no, that's special, man. Um, guys, play a long time in this league and never achieved that type of accomplishment. So, kudos to him. He needed a half a sack, and it took him eight games. So I can understand how challenging that is for him. What's going through his head? But I'm proud of him on that aspect. But um, main focus was getting these guys in passing situations getting them to throw the ball, play to our strengths as a defense. And uh, once we were able to do that, we were able to get after the quarterback a little. Chris, you've seen Patrick help you guys win games in a lot of ways. Did you take special note of what he did tonight with that third and 17 run? Were you able to watch that, or were you doing something else? Of course, I'm all eyes on Pat. Um, he threw for 450-plus yards, you know, and that's special itself. And um, at, at that moment in time, we actually needed something big to happen. The offense, uh, it was up and down flow, uh, a lot of adversity. Um, 
I think by making that run, he actually gave them that boost that they needed, and we was able to punch it in. I uh, miss my guy. Uh, can't wait till my guy come back. He's going to be allowed back in the facility next week. But um, we had a lot of young guys to step up. Malik Herring, um, George Carlotis, and Carlos. We got him on a snap count, but he, we was able to extend him a little bit in critical situations. Colin Sanders made a lot of big plays tonight. So we got, we got a lot of depth in the room, a lot of young guys in the room who um, Coach Cullen asked a lot to step up from, and uh, I'm proud of those guys. This is a, um, <clears throat> I explained, this is a playoff type of atmosphere game right here. We probably see this team somewhere in January, February, depending on how, how this thing goes. Uh, and that's what it's like. That's what a play playoff atmosphere game is like. It's going to be close. It's going to be situations where you're, you're, you're challenging, you're battling each other, and you got to overcome whatever type of situation you're going through. And um, this was a good team tonight. They came in, Derek Henry. Ran for 130 plus yards. You know, we never want to give up that much, but we expect it. But we was able to come together when needed and uh, finish the game. Chris, how, how prepared were you for the, the kid at quarterback? Would you guys prepare like, and were you surprised that he was the guy who got the start? No, we wasn't surprised. Uh, I talked to Jeff Simmons earlier during the week, and uh, we knew, you know, you got to pick the brain. Uh, we knew that uh, he was going to play. Um, Tannehill was in the boot, so we prepared for him well. Um, I don't think we gave up that many rushing yards against him. And uh, second half, I just I just seen we 27 plays, seven yards. So uh, kudos to the defense. We played played a hell of a game. Second half, I'll say. First half, we kind of gave up some leaky yardage, but a, a heck of a team win. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was kind of a pivotal third down. They're kind of on the fringe area, uh, kicking a field goal. Um, and so it's kind of good to get a negative play, kind of talk them out of kicking a field goal right there, forcing a punt, and um, kind of give his offense a chance. And so uh, the, the crowd was great. Uh, it, was, it was up and down all game. And um, those guys stayed in, they stayed late, uh, and they cheered us on. So I was proud of them for that. Uh, but again, it's just a, a play I saw on tape. Uh, we kind of talked about it through the week, and coaches did a great job uh, giving us keys and stuff throughout the week, and I was able to make that play. Oh, yeah, we just kind of knocking the rust off after the bye week. Uh, we kind of started off a little sloppy tackling-wise, uh, a couple bad fits here and there, and um, kind of led to explosive runs. So I was able to settle down, uh, kind of kind of get back in the zone by playing Chiefs defense and not stopping the run, and um, we were able to have a way better second half. Nick, what does a win like this say about this Chiefs team? Like a win that maybe doesn't look super pretty, but you guys are able to grind it out. What does that say about who you guys are? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to win in this league, and so uh, you get a chance to win. Uh, our defense, uh, we kind of – Pride ourselves at the beginning of the season how we didn't finish games last year. Um, so it was great to have a, a, our defense come out there and um, actually in the game for us. Um, we kind of executed down the stretch. I, they have a first down only like the last 40 minutes, I think. Um, so just us to be able to get them stopped. So I stopped them on first down, forced them into uh, some second, second and longs, let our pass rush and let our corners go to work. And um, again, uh, it was a great team win, a great, team, uh, great job of our defense coming out and executing the game plan, second half and tackling.
Oh, yeah, man. Uh, we kind of get spoiled watching greatness every week. Uh, he does it every single week, and then we kind of get spoiled by it. And then, then he does it again. You kind of get more amazed by it. But, again, that's a testament for what he does throughout the week, man. He works harder than anybody I know. Uh, and game, uh, game in and game out, he brings it. So uh, I was proud of him. I'm proud of the team win. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, we kind of knew coming to the game, we've got to play their defense. Uh, they pride themselves from running the ball and having play, uh, playing great defense, keeping everything in front. Um, so we knew we had to play their defense uh, down the game, uh, throughout the game. And so the uh, first half, uh, we didn't do that. Uh, second half, we were able to come out and execute and uh, play better than their defense, and that helped us win. Uh, yeah, we kind of thought we had Tannehill at first, and we kind of moved to uh, Malik Willis. Uh, kind of run the same things on offense, uh, other than they, uh, get more involved in the running game. Uh, use his legs a little bit more, some naked uh, out to the left side, uh, rather than just running boots to the right. So there's just subtle nuances, but most of the time uh, it's pretty much the same. And so uh, we kind of just playing the game plan we have for Tannehill, and just had a couple uh, wrinkles here and there uh, for Malik. Yeah, uh, we kind of got the notion that we probably wasn't going to play. I think Tannehill was out on the Thursday's practice. Yeah, so he was out on Thursday, so we kind of got the notion he probably wasn't going to play. Um, and so we kind of just started transitioning more to uh, Malik after that, and um, kind of just worked on both uh, yesterday. All right. Thank you. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.